All right, let's do this. I am recording. I am also recording. Uh, yeah. All right. This is the oh wait no Cameron section Halloween. Remember, what? this is the Halloween one, so we got to do one special like last year's. That was awesome. I know. I was about to say this is the catastrophe section Halloween spectacular part two. There are ghosts. They are coming for you. Watch out. They are coming for you. They are ghosts. 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 Ectoplasm. Other spooky stuff like werewolves and mummies and Frankensteins and other things like universal monsters. As a hologram. Oh, no. Dead things. Hello and welcome to the Catastrophe Section. My name is Aaron and with me as always is... Cameron. And today we, uh, for this this year's Halloween Spectacular, we re- revisit um, someone uh, someone who we've done, we've done his uh, movie before, one of his other movies before. We did, the, it's the guy who did uh, Prom Night, the remake. Uh, we did The Stepfather today. Yeah, and uh, just so uh, for clarification, that is the writing... A team of the screenwriter J.S. Cardone and director Nelson McCormick. Yes, Nelson McCormick, who's actually done like a shitload of stuff, but they're all mostly TV. Awful. I know, I know. I I was looking through his IMDb page, and this was uh <laughs> probably one of his. Uh, I, I I was wondering what the studio was thinking, giving him Prom Night and The Stepfather. Yeah, I don't know because isn't The Stepfather also a remake of a like '80s horror movie? Mm-hmm. Well, all right me, then. Like I was looking, uh, doing some research last night uh, after I watched this uh, titillating movie. Oh yeah, titillating. Yeah. That's the word. Um, means boobs. Uh, uh, I meant uh, engaging, but nope, nope, boobulating. It's boobulating. Well, just because the tits and titillating sound alike doesn't necessarily <laughs> denote breasts. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have the resident creep returning to the show. Hello, Hello. resident creep. <laughs> Tillating. Are you just going to say the one thing or are we going to, you know, are you here to pl- actually plug anything? Anuses. Ew. <laughs> no, I mean like a project that you're working on. Like, yeah, uh, No, that, yeah, anuses. That's your, that's your project? Mm-hmm. Why are you in a studio? <laughs> oh, I guess it's just to uh, keep laughing continuously. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to talk about while you're here? I want to talk about ghosts. Okay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's a good step in the right direction. What about ghosts? Uh, do they or do they not have uh, uh, buttholes? Sorry, sorry. What was that? But. B- huh? But buttholes. Do they have buttholes? Do they have boat holes? Buttholes. Are you saying buttholes? Yeah. Do they have buttholes? D- um. Ghost anuses. I don't know because they don't really. Have Let's a find out. Hello, uh, ghost caller. Yeah. Uh, do you have an anus? Boo. Oh my, that is very interesting. Wait, did that ghost tell you whether it had an anus or not? Yeah. 
What did it what did it say? It said no. Wait, what all that screaming just said no? Well, it's talking about the uh, functions of uh, ectoplasm and, uh, splashery and such. Ectoplasm splashery? Yeah, the splashing of the ectoplasms. And w- what does it splash on? Oh, you know. N- no, that's Thing- why I asked. Things around it. Things around it. So you mean like anything? Yeah. It's not so specific. It's just a so- splash. So why didn't you say that? I just did. Well, no. Rather than saying, you know, well, like you, did the you know, first time, you know no, why? I, I don't know why. That's why you I'm sure? asking again. No, I, you know what? Never mind. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is there anything else you wanted to talk about while you're here? Nope. Just, just anuses. That's all, all I'm right. plugging. Hey, get that, it? That's been Resident Creep. Robot security, it, take him away. Beep, boop, beep, boop, oh, just, oh, hey, do you have buffles? Oh. I have never thought about it. Self-destruct. <laughs> yes. Yes, well, they do. when you put it that way, counter-programming initiated. That's the sound of a robot make. <laughs> yes, they're all fucking 50K bod modems. Like, 56K. <laughs> fucking dial-up motherfucker. <laughs> I saw Steve Jobs the other day, so like I'm thinking about early tech a lot. Oh, okay. It was actually really good. The movie was good. Yeah, Aaron. Like the like I hate that guy. Like seriously, fuck that guy. But that movie. I mean, he'd be fine if he was less pretentious and showered. Well, that's the thing is that the movie does not like. Okay, I'm not gonna give away any spoilers, but like the movie's structured in a way that does not let him off the hook. They're like, this is a shitty guy. Good. So I, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but he dies at the end. Well, not in the course of the movie, but yes, he dies. Yes. In because public knowledge. Yep. Mm-hmm. But Aaron, the script is phenomenal. I only saw it because Aaron Sorkin wrote the screenplay and oh, the structure. Yes. Oh. You know who Aaron, you know who Aaron Sorkin is, right? Yeah. Okay. And Danny Boyle directed it. Boyles. Yeah. Daniel Boyles. Daniel Blood Boyle. Daniel uh, Infection (laughs) Boyles. Daniel Bacteria. (laughs) My name is Daniel Bacteria Fluck. Wait, why fuck at the end? Well, you know, reasons. No, please tell me more about why. Did you know? No! Hello, and welcome to this year's Spooky Erotic Readings. Hello, and welcome to uh, Spooky Erotic Reading, a seasonal uh, co-production of National Public Radio. What he meant to say was he has lots of holiday cheer for Halloween, that is. And loads of money. And money. And candy corn. I don't think you'll have any candy corn when you actually make it to the door, kids. Nope. <laughs> really? Was that? I read okay. it all. So, this Halloween spooktacular will feature our resident uh, professional actor, uh, Proton Simplebot. Say hello, Proton Simplebot. Hello. Uh, Greetings. Well, well, 
what seasonal uh, Halloween uh, erotica will you be reading for us today? I have written uh, a uh, spooktacular uh, erotic novel about vampires and ghosts. Vampires and ghosts, you say? Oh, yes. I do. I'm a fan of your writing style. Please go ahead and uh, share whenever you're ready. Okay. Let me just flip through the page. This is a very crunchy book. This is... Huh? Are you eating the book? Is that why you said it's crunchy? No, it just... Yes, a little bit. It's okay. It is stored in my memory. Why do you have to eat it if it's stored in your memory? I will read book now. Oh, okay. (laughs) You think robot would have better grammar, but Neller. Never. Neller? (laughs) I make up words. Is that like that Christopher Nolan movie, Interneller? Interneller. Yes. Anyway, this story is called Ghosts and Vampires Have Intercourse and Talk. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) They have intercourse and talk? Yes, it is. is, uh, This story is multifaceted. Wow, that sounds really uh, complex. Is this a young adult novel or? No. Oh, well. This is going to be a real proof of concept on this episode because I've never uh, seen those two things put together before. Uh, go ahead. I will, uh, since I we are running out of time, I will start in the middle. The ghost entered the vampire's hall. The vampire's hall was filled with blood for which the vampire drinks. The ghost said, hello, vampire. And the vampire replied, Oh, why, hello, ghost, as the vampire removed his pants and revealed his vampire genitalia. The ghost said, Oh, are we already going to that part of the uh, day? Part of the day? This happens every day? Yes, said the vampire. My my I have my bloodlust has been sated, but my cum lust has not. Wait, is that what they call it in the world? A uh, cum lust? Yes. Oh, this well, is never- there's a large backstory and world mythos to this. Oh. Uh, okay. Yes. Uh, this is just a sneak peek, however. So the ghost then says I will now remove my ghost pants. And then it does so. Revealing a ghost wiener. Okay. Yes. You heard me right. A ghost wiener. Wait, is the you heard me right a ghost wiener part of the book? Or is that you adding that for emphasis? That is part of the book. Okay. It's very Um, important. It's part of my writing style. You mean emphasizing that there is, in fact, a penis present? Of a ghost, yes. A thing you may never have thought to be seen. Well, now, ladies and gentlemen, we've all been made aware. Ghost penis. That that ghosts have penises and buffles. So then the the vampire walks up to the ghost and says... I am going to commit intercourse upon you now. 
And the ghost said, well, all right then. And then they started doing so. Wait, wait, that that's it? They started doing so? Where's uh, the... Where's the... Huh. Where's the what? The... Huh. Like, where's the details? You can't just go to the end. You have to, like, describe the process. I... Do I? Is that part of erotic writing? I thought it was just getting to the boning. I mean, you can go right to that, but it's not as, like, titillating. Okay. Well, I have a second one that is about the vampire, er, is about the Frankensteins going into villages and having their uh, dongs smacked on. Smacked on? You mean like a blowjob? You'll see what I mean. The drag. Okay. Er, <laughs> the Frankenstein waltzed into the town, and the townsfolk said, Oh, gasp, it is a Frankenstein. Whatever shall we do? It is large and strong, and we cannot defeat it in combat one-on-one or as a mob. The Frankenstein then replied, If you do not perform sexual things upon my body, then I will destroy you. The mob then replied all in unison, Oh, well, all right then. Let's get to it, gang. All in unison. The gang. Yes, the mob of humans. They all take off their clothing at the same time in unison. All of them? Yes, even the younglings and the oldos. (laughs) Wait, all of the oldos? Yes, younglings and oldos. Uh, well, how titillating. Yes. Granny Ruth walks back up first and is like, let me see that Frankendong. And then... Wait, Frank- I thought his Frankendong was already out. Well, she's blind, so she needs to feel it now. Wait, then why did she say, let me see it, if she's blind? Because they see with their hands. And then she grabbed it. <laughs> Wait, is the... Explanation of they see with their hands. You as the the reader, or is that in the book? No, that is in the book. Wait, it's almost like when you wrote that, you knew that somebody would ask the question. So why didn't you just say, "Let me feel it" rather than "Let me see that Franken dong"? Yes. Just yes. I, like that's all. <laughs> I predicted such. Okay, well, anyway, you were saying she was seeing it with her hands. And is like, this is many stitched parts of penises all whopped together. And then... Whopped? Is that the scientific term? Yes, you whop penises together with string. (laughs) I'm sure the gay community would back that up. Yes. I know Steve Jackson from Oklahoma agrees with me. Isn't that not right, Steve? Anyway, damn right. The old woman then proceeded to continue. And then uh, her daughter came up and was like, Mom, why you be hogging all of that? I want me a piece. And then she took off a piece and said, here, have this. And then continued with the rest of it. Okay, well, I think that's all we have time for. Uh Thank you, uh, Robot. Uh, Can you tell us where we can find more of your work on the internet? 
hot sex readings of robot.gov. Dot gov? Yes. I am backed. Oh, by the government? By the U.S. government. The Federal Trade Commission loves me. Do you know of somebody getting a chip implanted in their head by the ROTC and running for president? Oh, there, of course. That is everyone in ROTC. And then their presidency would be to write an autobiography of their presidency? So, to explain what the president actually does, yes. Yeah, I, I'm glad we're in the uh, in the same boat on that one. Speaking of, next week, we'll have uh, Morgan Freeman reading, So, you never thought you'd be on a boat? Well, now I'm on one. Details to follow. Yes. And Shaquille O'Neal will be here, doing something. Doing something, probably. <laughs> Maybe. I don't we'll dunk see. into the stars. He's gonna dunk it to he's gonna dunk it to the stars and solve your knee pain and your shoulders. <laughs> Thanks, Shaquille. Uh you're welcome. Now, Erotic Readings is a co-production of National Public Radio. <laughs> we now return to the catastrophe section. <laughs> Okay, so now to the actual movie that we were are going to review. Yeah, Stepfather. The, the Stepfather. So you were saying that you paid three bucks for this? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I paid four. <sighs> yeah, I know. I why why bother with the HD version, honestly? It was only a dollar more. Yeah, I probably... I mean, I'd say I should have, but then I watched it, and I'm like, no, nah, it was better to not spend the extra dollar. I was uh, thinking about it. I don't know. I kind of appreciated the HD because I was like, damn, that's a good picture, but it's not a good movie. Because it is actually like surprisingly well shot. Yeah. From a technical standpoint, the movie is well like shot, but all the parts there are really poorly put together. Yeah. Like the most of the like characters are pointless. And yeah, exactly. The, the, this movie is poorly whopped together with string. Mm -hmm. And I think it had the opposite problem that like prom night did where that one tried to have like way too many scares and this one does not have nearly enough. Well, I don't, I, I mean what they constituted as scares is that the stepfather is just behind you quietly a lot. <laughs> yeah. He's just kind of not <laughs> announcing himself when he walks into the room. And yeah. Then, he's like, just always percussion. there and he's just, he's just there. <laughs> He's not doing anything. Most of the movie, he's just like, I'm going to the store. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I gotta, I gotta confess. I loved his acting. It was, it was so over the top. I you fucking, see, I loved him. I think Dylan Walsh is the MVP of this movie because I really like him in Nip Tuck. And I think mm -hmm. he was doing exactly what the role called for. And everyone else was just kind of like, Neh. well, yeah, but he went over the top in the best way because he's like, yeah, it, it was it was pretty fucking great because half the <clears throat> half the time you oh, oh god what was it there's this like he gets caught at one point like doing some bullshit and then he's like on the couch and being like yes I will have those finances done thank you 
Like he, like whenever he almost gets caught, he talks like a crazy person for the next five minutes of the movie for no reason. Like it's almost, it's almost like he has no self awareness to a yeah. certain extent, and yet he's he's managed to. Okay, so to like kill multiple families by disguising himself as like a caring widower who makes women fall in love with him by work, by lurking at department stores and grocery stores. Yeah. And being like, you have lovely kids there. Okay. And okay. So, uh, the movie, like, let's start with the opening. So it opens in Aaron Salt Lake city. Yay. Oh boy. That's where I am. No, you're in Botswana, New Mexico. I mean, I travel to do the podcast. Yeah, because that's where our recording studio is in the lucrative podcast mecca of Botswana, New Mexico. Yeah, it's it's like Silicon Valley, but it's Podcast Valley. Botswana, New yep. Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. Pod yeah. Pod Valley. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. That's it. Pod Cali Valley. Yeah. Uh, just keep digging yourself a fucking hole. It'll do good. It'll I need a bigger work. shovel. Oh, anyway, okay. w- Okay, one thing I don't understand about this movie is that it opens with him, like, you know, he's just a guy with a beard, you know, Phil and Walsh looks okay with a beard, and he's just, yeah. you know, shaven like one does. And well, no, the, the like, best part about this, the opening scene is the music is going fucking nuts. It's like, dun, 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 dun. like, it's, it's like the, like, just supposed to be creepy, but then he's like making breakfast. And there's a reason, but you know, like it just the opening five minutes, you're like, what the fuck are they doing? This is dumb. Cause it's just like he's shaving. Dun 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 dun. Scary music. He is brushing his teeth. He is trimming. He is trimming his beard. Whoever sound designed this movie is fucking terrible at their job. Well, it's the same guy who did Prom Night with the fucking squishy stabs. <laughs> yeah, That's no, not, he's not it good. Like a burger. Yeah, it does sound like a delicious boy get. <laughs> Speaking of, doesn't doesn't Uncle Jerry's Burger Shack have a special Halloween treat for uh, trick or treaters this year? I think they do. Let me let me let me check the radio. I think he has some commercials on. Squeeze! Come on down to Uncle Jerry's Jerry Shack where we got all the Jerry's and we got we got uh, burgers, pastas, we got spooky our new Halloween special. We got spooky meat. It's meat, but it's spooky and we cook it. And then Wait. you know the best part about it, it sounds exactly like this. <laughs> It's delicious. Does that not make your mouth water? Mm. That is a that is a delicious boo boo meat, ghost meat, spooky spooky meat? spooky meat. Wait, is it spooky because you cook it? <laughs> no, it's just spooky because we don't know what it is. <laughs> Wait, you don't know what it is? You just cook it? Yeah, I just I asked my friend uh, ha- Halford. And I'm like, yo, Alfred, you, uh, I like how this radio commercial is now a conversation. (laughs) (laughs) It's a new interactive radio show. (laughs) Yes, of course. That's the future of radios. Hello, customer. 
that is on the radio. Now you now have a transceiver and are talking directly to me. Yeah, I uh, I I talked to my buddies and he. Uh, I'm like, hey, I'm running out of meat, and he's like, I can get you some meat, and I'm like, I'm gonna go. You should give me the meat, and then he does. Did he give you a Franken dong to cook? I mean, he gave me a couple sausages that look stitched together, but I don't know. One could have been. Were they brought to life with electricity, perhaps? I mean, what isn't these days? Oh, fair point. <laughs> Technology. I know. The weirdos zapping their meats and killing people with their dongs. Anyway, back to the. let's get back to the business message. What were you going to say about the? it sounding uh, delicious and mouthwatering? Oh, yes. Well, the boom, the, uh, the boom meat, the spooky meat. It's uh, available now. Come on down to the Jerry Shack where we got all the Jerry's. Hey, all you Jerry's, come get in here. That's our sign. You'll see it on the street. I don't know the address. Just look for that sign somewheres. Uh, that's why we have the sign, so I can find it, because I don't know what it is. <laughs> how, does Halford know how to follow the signs to deliver the meat to the restaurant? Yeah, I, Halford probably knows the address and stuff, but I just, I mean, I don't know. So should Halford be on a commercial to actually tell us the address of the place? Yeah, he doesn't have a tongue. So how is he able to say, I can get you some meat? No, he's actually over here. Hey, ha hey Halford, why don't you come over here and tell these people where I am? Oh, this is one of those things where he's... He sees, like, he sees with his, like, you know how the blind woman saw with her hands? This guy speaks with his ears. Yeah, that's right. I knew it. Synesthesia. Woo! That's probably yeah. not synesthesia. Yeah, it has nothing to do with it. Even I know that, and I'm just a Jerry Burger man. A Jerry Burger man. That's a great Duh. division of. I'm just uh, labor a Jerry Burger man, and I know the synesthesias. Well, is it, aren't you going to close out your commercial with the classic "I'm a Jerry Burger man" song? Oh, of course, that's my jingle. Here you go. I'm a Jerry Burger man. Come on down my shop. We've got all the Jerry's. Come on down and have a burger. That's the sound of the burger. Come eat here. Wait, what is it a shop or a shack? It's a shack where you can shop. You can shop in a shack. It's a sh sh shop shack, shack shop. Did somebody say shack? Somebody say shack. Do you do you battle with knee pain? I battle with knee pain. And you got to get this this uh, juicy cream. You got to get this juicy cream up on you, man. You gonna, you know, you gotta, you gotta get the basketballs in the places. <laughs> you gotta, you know. Uh, this is the next commercial. Come on down to Shack Shack Emporium. We sell shacks. You know. Do you sell a caddy shack? I mean, you can use a shack for caddies. I don't care. We just have shacks, and you know, I am Shack. So that means you really? should buy them from us. But only if you battle from knee pain. Because of knee pain? But only if you battle with knee pain, not from knee pain. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> with and not from. Got it. That's yeah. much more specific. Battling from knee pain don't make no sense.
You're right. What was I thinking? I got some advice for the children if you'd like it. Yes, we have time Yo, for that. Yo, children, you better dunk it to the stars. You better, you better try your damnedest to do whatever you put your mind to. I myself did it with basketball and knee thank, pain. Thank you, Shaq. And now- uh, Watch out for your shoulders. Thank you. These sponsorships has been a co-production of National Public Radio. <laughs> we now return to the catastrophe section. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Okay, so... Um, Stepfather. So he... You know what would have been better is if the movie had opened in, like, just silence with him shaving, and then he goes down, because what really sucks about the opening is that they just cliche, like, play Silent Night, as if that hasn't yeah. been used before like that. Jesus. Uh, so the, let's just set the whole first scene. So he, he does his morning routine, and then when he's done with his morning routine, eating his fucking toast with peanut butter it turns around and it's Christmas and the family is dead ah! the fucking the first shot that you when he turns around and the first shot that where you see the dead kid I could not stop laughing for like five minutes because it's just like he's eating toast and then dead kid and he's like hey look it's a dead kid like uh it didn't seem like there was a consequence to the kid being dead. It's just like, oh no, it's a dead child. Yeah, and there's like no, like it doesn't like it gives you any context. I think that this movie is a missed opportunity because this and Prom Night both have the same problem of yeah. law enforcement quickly explaining the why <laughs> and how of the criminals. So they're like, this guy has been all over the place and no one's ever yeah. gotten a photo of him and he's all over. And then he meets uh, the main character's mom in a like grocery store in Portland. And she's like, so like smitten with him because his, his wife and daughter died in a drunk driving accident, according to him. Yeah. But you know, what would be the better way to structure this movie is if the movie started with a military school kid coming back from military school and the stepfather is already there. Yeah. Instead of the fucking, the kid being like uh 20, like, what is it? 10, 15 minutes into the movie where he's like, I am home and I'm the main character. I'm like, are you, I feel like David was the main character. Yeah. In the first minutes he's David's the main character. But then as soon as the kid shows up, it's like, well now he's the main character. Yeah. Cause I mean, wouldn't it be a little bit more like, structurally speaking like shocking if we're just like we don't know if we can trust this guy we seem like we can trust him yeah because then you'd actually be put in the fucking shoes of the kid instead of like yeah we already know he's a murderer instead of it being like i kind of don't trust him for these reasons and you see these reasons instead of like it being he's a murderer and are they gonna find out it should be like i don't know if he's a murderer or not that would have been yeah. way cooler the murder actually is a lot like, and I think the original stepfather kind of was based on the murders of John List. Are you familiar with who that is? No. He was a guy in the 50s or 60s. He was like a really conservative, quiet guy. And one day he just decided to kill his entire family because he was frustrated and didn't want to deal with them anymore because he thought that they were sinners. Oh, okay. And so he murdered them all and then disappeared. And it was like two months before like the neighbors smelled the bodies and called the police. And he wasn't caught until he was like, he was found 30 years later based on in America's most wanted FBI tip by one of his ex neighbors in like Colorado, I think. Huh. And they found him and he had been like 
he had had kids and like his wife was like, I don't believe that that's him. You must be mistaken. So we had like lived like a full life after that. So I think this is kind of based on like the John list mythos of like, what if someone did something like that and then did it again? Yeah. Like if his family disappointed him and he wanted to start over. Yeah. It Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, because they, they don't really get into why, aside from that really ominous line, which he doesn't seem aware that he's saying to the main character, maybe they just disappointed him. <laughs> yeah, that was fucking ridiculous. They're having, uh, this is like the first family dinner they have, and uh, the daughter, who isn't a character, like every other, like the, the little kid is fleshed out a little bit. Like he likes video games and gets yelled at a couple times. The daughter you just see like twice and is like, hi, I'm the daughter. Bye. <laughs> she's what's not- even, what's even worse is that she's like, what would be more effective is if they fleshed out her character rather than video game kid. Because one time when she like is asking if David is okay, she like grabs his hand and there's like this horror flash of like, wee. And you like see like the face of his actual daughter and then it goes back to being actually her. And I'm like, wait, is there another daughter here? Yeah. Like I literally had to ask myself that. Yeah, that was kind of a missed opportunity there. Yeah. I like how we just are like, you know what would have made this better? This. I mean, that's just kind of what we do with movies like this where it's kind like you could see the potential instead of like where if like if we watched fucking snow dogs we'd be like why the fuck are there dogs in the snow and why is Cuba Gooding Jr. doing the fucking shit like academy award winner Cuba Gooding Jr. I know why do you think he did snow dogs he wanted another one duh yep with all those uh critically lauded scenes with the snow dog yeah where he's a I've seen that movie like 20 times because I was a kid when it came out and mom's oh, my I mom remember. Was like, let's watch this. And I'm like, yeah, right. Wasn't he like a dentist? And then he's like, now you're going here because reasons. And they're like, oh yep. no, but I'm, I'm black and from Miami. So I don't like cold. And then that's the movie. Well, I think I remember only one thing from that movie and I still think it's kind of funny. Like there's like this older guy that comes into a bar and two people are like locals are like, that's Thunder Jack. He got struck by thunder twice. Oh, yeah. And they're like, that's not possible. And they just both nod their heads like, yes, it is. Duh. (laughs) Thunder. Uh, And speaking of I'm going to talk a little bit about exposition because this movie has all of it. Of course it does. I love how loudly everybody just explains the scene rather than letting the scene explain itself. It's like the state. It's like someone took the stage directions and made them dialogue. That's my favorite. I love like, it. Like, uh, it, like, uh, for example, when he's like, meet me in the basement here. If he's like, why are we going to the basement? Well, we're going to the basement because like, it, it's like the characters have to explain to one another the reasons why things are happening rather than why is the this? Audience- yeah. It's, it's like, it's like the, uh, the writer was like, man, I feel like I have to explain why they're here in dialogue instead of just being like, cause you, you like when you like, you when you have a reason to have a scene, which all your scenes should have a reason, you don't have to say it in dialogue in the scene. We are in the basement because it's where I keep my tequila. Don't tell your mom I have tequila down here and I'm giving it to you. I'm here because I want us 
to be a family. I know I'm not your dad, but spot on. Like that's like the that's the whole scene, and that's the cadence with which it's fucking done with. Like it's, I mean, it obviously it's, it's a touch better, but not really. He's his whole cadence, the the bad guy's cadence is. It's really weird. It doesn't, and I understand it's supposed to be like, he's supposed to be off-putting and weird and not like a regular person, but still be nice enough, you know? But he seems like really nice and authentic. I think that maybe like the way that it was shot and the way that it was edited and the sound really subverts like maybe like a better performance that was maybe left on the cutting room floor. Maybe I'm just distracted by the moments where he goes, where he just kind of goes nuts for a few minutes. <coughs> Because those are the best parts. Well, those are also the clunkiest. <laughs> That's why I love them. <laughs> okay, let's start with one of my favorite scenes in which we first meet David uh, being introduced to actress Cella Ward, who plays... Um, uh, the, let, let, me, let me just look up the character's name so that we can actually... I okay, think it's like so L something. Dylan Walsh is David Harris. Cella yeah. Ward, uh, the mom, is Susan Harding. Susan. Susan, yeah. Ken Bagley is Michael Harding, and Amber Heard is Kelly, his girlfriend. Sure. And that's it. Mom. Well, aside from other characters that we'll bring person. in later. Um, and the scene is, like, they're in the... Uh, the kids, like, run away, and they're like, we gotta choose cookies! And then... This movie also has a lot of like really problematic gender sentiments in it too. Yeah. Where, like we're like, uh, cause I think they're <laughs> really trying do. to make, make David seem like an old fashioned sort of guy. Yeah. Um, he's supposed to be a, a gentleman of the highest caliber. Cause they, the, yeah. So the, the fucking, they're in a, a fucking grocery store and, um, kids run around and they're like, no, this cookie and then he's just like you know the mom gets to pick the cookies once no, you figure that out kid or the woman gets to pick the cookies once you figure that out your life's gonna be a hell of a lot easier it, I think the, I wrote it down the line is life is about the women getting to pick the cookies <laughs> yeah what the fuck does that even mean life Let is about have- Letting the woman get to pick the cookies. You know, well, <laughs> it's almost like he's saying, we'll take politics, the entertainment industry, all the money, all the societal power, and we'll let them have the cookies. Yeah, we get <laughs> we get the banks and the money, but they can they can pick the cookies. They can have the cookies. You can have whichever cookie you like. I have the money to buy all of the cookies, whether it's butter cookies, chocolate cookies, oatmeal cookies, a fourth type of cookies. Okay, back to the scene. Um I think my one of my favorite lines in the whole movie is when Dylan Walsh can't find his way around the store later after he tells um Oh yeah, the most uh, obvious. Yeah, he's like, I just moved to Portland and I can't I don't know the store yet. I don't know where the peanut butter is. Oh, isn't that wacky? And she's like, <laughs> Oh you it's over here. Also, the weird, like, the fucking, what was it? They're making, like, fuck eyes at the uh, checkout counter. They're like, oh, 
look at you. And she's like, oh, look at him. And she's and he's like, I'm penising you. And then they go outside and they're parked. They just happen to be parked right the fuck next to each other. And then she's just like, hey, I'm bad at this now because I'm recently divorced. We're going to go get pizza. Do you want to join? And he's like, yeah, all right. Which is like, I don't. That seems like a weird way to go about it to me. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, like what is so interesting about a guy who can't find peanut butter and believes that women should have cookies? You should have cookies and I can't find peanut butter. Do you want to go out? Maybe I should try that next time I go to a bar. Just walk up to women and be like, you get to pick the cookies and you can help me find the peanut butter. Would you like to go out to on a date with me? And they're like, would I? Of course I would. Here, have my pension. I don't... <laughs> pension? He's not after their finances. I mean, why not? I, I'm uh, All right. <laughs> Maybe I am. Don't worry, ladies. I'm coming for your finances. You won't have to... I'll take those off your hands. Literally and digitally. Yeah. I want to okay. steal your monies. So, Michael, the... Uh, Who's supposed to be the main character? Uh, he's introduced via loud rock music, which yep. seems to punctuate all of them. Like, Aaron, what's the difference? Like, is diegetic when it's part of the scene or like made part of the scene or yeah. not part of the scene? Diegetic is part of the scene. Okay. That's that's like only the case one of these times. And then, like, characters will be having like a full on scene of dialogue. Like, uh, Mike, Michael and Kelly will be like college applications, po- college applications. And there's like this really awful late. Oh, it's like banana now, banana yes. now, now. The music choice in this is fucking awful. Like there's this one scene where Michael's sitting in bed and he's like, I'm trying to turn up the music to turn down my emotions because my real dad didn't come and see me before. So he's like starting crying and the music gets louder and it's like, talking about the 2000s. Like it's, oh, the music choice. I'm going to talk about them. Going to talk about them. Talk about the 2000s. It's awful. And I love his entrance, like, because uh, Kelly has another one of my favorite lines. He's like, like what? And she's like, like, irritating your mom and getting sent back to military school. Yep. Because that's the consequence. And that's where you've been. That's why you're coming home and you don't know about David. <laughs> Let me just set up this whole scene in this one line. This is where you're going. This is where you came from. And if you don't behave, this is your motivation. You will get sent back there. Like, it's... Ugh. Uh, is it David that says, like, this line, he's just been blindsided by the divorce, he'll bounce back? No, 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 that's Susan talking about Michael. Like, as if we can't tell that they're obviously divorced because his dad, like his, like, bi- like genetic dad shows up later. Why do they have to make sure that they, like, hammer meat nail? Uh, because they can't write a screenplay. And he has a lot of tequila stashed away. Yeah, there's like seven bottles. Why? Do, okay, why does he... Okay, so inside of David's cabinet... Lair? That looks like a really awful barn door out of like a rerun of Hee Haw. 
Um, yeah, like the this is in like the the house's basement. He's constructed this like storage room for things that he wants. And everything has padlocks. Like two every door has like two padlocks on them and the door to the basement has a padlock on it like there's no way this isn't suspicious at all. Like this is the most suspicious room anyone has ever created. Like the only way you could make it more suspicious is to have two dead guys on the ground and one guy still alive in the corner going, Hey, he killed me. Hey, watch out for that guy. He killed me. Like it's the most obvious. (laughs) And you'd think someone who's gotten away with as much murder as uh, you think he might be able to be like, yeah, I probably shouldn't build a fucking murder room in the basement or Take anything with him. He has like two full lockers full of like these. What are they? Photos of him as like Grady Edwards or whatever. Yeah, something like that. <coughs> and what, what was he doing for work in Portland before uh, Susan's friend hired him as like a real estate like shower person? <clears throat> he wasn't doing anything, I don't think. Oh, so he just was kind of like living off of the money that he took from his old life, maybe? Uh, Yeah, probably. Okay. Something like that. Be- because that's another thing that's like so suspicious because like she's like, we're going to need uh, identification and uh, oh, God, yes. for payroll. And he's like, okay. And then he just quits because he can't do that. Otherwise, they'll be like, that's the murderer, man. That guy's a murderist. And if I get caught, they'll know who I am. Like, the sell of him being a good guy would work out a lot better if they had gradually let us know rather than starting with, like, him leaving the scene Yeah, of the exactly. Crime. Exactly. If they cut that part of the movie and just started it as soon as uh, What's-His-Face got home, it would be a better movie. Or if, like, when uh, Michael opens up the things, they show the footage, like, in black and white to signify that it's in the past because that's, like, a trope. Yeah, or something. Of David, like, leaving the house in Salt Lake City, like, abridged, and then, like, just see the bodies and everything of all the other people as he looks through, like, the pictures of his old life and daughters and stuff like that. Yeah, the- um, looks so much better. Because the only way anyone- The only way that anyone knows about, like, the murders in Salt Lake City is- the old one- The old cat lady from across the street is like, he looks like the guy on a website. And I don't like him. That's the only <laughs> way. And also, those fucking police sketches could be anybody. They don't look anything like him at all. They look like ge- they look like it's generic McGeneric fuck from fucking Boise or whatever. Like this. Like, oh look, it's the Unabomber back again. Yeah. Oh look, it's that guy. Like they look. They, they don't look like anybody. And why is the whole, you know, like when the little brother is like, his mother says, turn, like uh, Susan oh, says, yeah. turn it down. And he's like, yeah. turn it, your mother said, turn it down. Turn it down. Yeah. Why does, why does he need to like freak out at that? I don't understand other than like showing him as like a more of a disciplinarian at times. Well, it's supposed to be like, he's a murderer, remember? But for someone who is like a chameleon and can get, tons of like uh like grieving women to let him into their lives as like a romantic partner he seems to have like almost no self-awareness in some instances. no he doesn't at all remember that scene where um i think it, what's his name michael yeah he like wakes up in the middle of the night 
and he like starts to walk to the bathroom and he hears him downstairs and he's just grumbling and walking in circles just going <laughs> what the fuck is he doing and also that that's supposed to be creepy but i mean who hasn't just gone downstairs in the in, in the middle of the night and just been like i can't sleep i don't know i'm going to talk to myself a little bit <laughs> like do that in your room but like nobody like that's like the least creepy thing he did but the way he did it was like and then he like it creaks and he's like oh no he might have heard me like oh no you can be awake in your own house like this it's not set up that he's like after he murders someone he's it looked like how do I say this? It doesn't look like he's gonna do anything at all. It looks like he's just like, yeah, it's fine. And do you know what wins over Michael to like David? David's um, he's a he's a pretty cool guy, like a, a real Ben, a real cool guy. Uh-huh. Um, is he for some reason? Okay, and I love this bit of characterization. Is that David is says to Michael, your mother tells me you're quite the swimmer. And to really drill this point home, he has a picture of Michael, I think it's Michael Phelps, above his bed. Over his bed, yeah. We could not have inferred that he was into swimming. And also, uh, more than half of his scenes are in a fucking pool. I know. Okay, and when he gets him the key to the locker, because he went and talked to the coach, you know, pretty decent thing to do. I thought like on a, in a, any regular horror script, him getting the key to that place would be where the third act w- would take place. Yeah. Right. Like it follows is a pool. I mean, it's yeah. not really set up, but like you'd think like, here's this place that you have, that we both have access to. That'll come up later, but it doesn't. And I wish it had because it seems like such a wasted thing, like to have him be won over, not by through. Well, a that's just how he's supposed to be won over. That's it. By a locker. Yep. All right. Yeah, pretty much. Doesn't make any sense. Oh, and it's suspicious that he always pays in cash. That's not suspicious at all. I love when uh, Susan's friend, uh, I think it, her name is Julie. Yeah. Because uh, uh, she and her partner are talking about it. And she's like, because after he quits, the a realtor who's like a really good friend of Susan's, Jackie. Yeah. Oh, no. It's uh, her sister. She's like, yeah. Yeah. It was I don't sister. understand why he always pays in cash. I mean, who doesn't want the miles? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Okay, that was clearly a product placement for ding, Fly Delta. Yeah, or like, I mean, it could be because I don't want to in- get any interest done. I mean, credit cards cash have their just makes place. more sense. And a lot of places don't even take cash anymore. Yeah, weirdly. I like cash. I'm a yeah, cash Yeah, no, cash is man. awesome. Cash is way better. It's faster. Mm-hmm. You just throw it at the people and you're done. Yep, that's what I tell people my name is for when they write checks. Cassius? No, just cash. Yeah, Cassius. You can shorten it to cash. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, exactly. Stupid joke. It's a chair. I I saw like a comedy thing where he was like, you can make it out to the Chicago 
astronomic space hospital or something like that, like a space hospital. Yeah, that's not what it is. But like, it's just like C A S H. Yeah, just perfect. Oh boy, like nobody would notice that. Totally doesn't say cash. No. Okay, and Mrs. Cutter is so convinced that... Okay, so on her part, it's really dumb to go to... Like, it's really stupid to go to the house of the person that you think is a a murderer of people and be like, Oh, I think he's a murderer! He's probably a murderer! Not this won't come back to haunt me at all. Murder! I love how he killed her. (laughs) He just throws her down a flight of stairs. Well, that scene is fucking stupid where, oh God, what was it? He like knocks on the door and then goes around and gets in some other way. He teleports his way in. I don't know. However, he gets in and he just, he just like the old woman's like reaching for a a cat and she's just like, Mrs. Mittens, why are you acting up? Also, it has that fucking, oh God, that fucking trope of the, uh, the cat jump scare where she turns around and it's like tension, tension, tension. And the cat goes across the screen. You're like fucking really every time, every single goddamn horror movie. If you use that fucking cat scare, I'm going to punch you in the dick. Jesus. If there's a collective horror screenwriter out there, Aaron, we'll do that to you. Of course. Okay. It's so let's, dumb. Let's go back to the gender norms and the dialogue of this movie. Yes. <laughs> okay. So uh, when Michael is like uh, fixated on, hmm, maybe David isn't who he says he is after Mrs. Cutter dies, you know, suspiciously, might I add. Um, totally not murdered. She's like, you should be obsessed with something else like me. Oh yeah, like it's it's. Why like don't you? Why don't you? Yes. Why don't you concentrate on something more important like me? Also, what the fuck is the point of her character? She doesn't to do mo- anything. She, she's like 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 it's really kind of like sexist to be like, oh well, she just serves the to to be the 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 male character motivation, you know? But she does. Yeah, that's the point. Is yeah. that like? That's why it's a terrible. Well, the thing portrayal. is, I don't even think she's. She doesn't even do it that well as a character. She's. She's. She's trying to do that. Like, hey, let's fill out college applications. That's all that she tries to get him to do. Yeah. Like that's all they do is like almost have pool sex, and then like uh, David like slut shames her because he like because all that bullshit. Like <laughs> he's like, I don't know if they should be doing that. And Susan's like, Oh, they're kids. They've the, cause like, they've known each other like, since grade school. She says, yeah, which, you know, you know, let them figure it out and be safe about it, but not like they're like, going to finger it out. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Resident creeps back. Hello. Uh, what did you think of the stepfather? Uh, there's a lot of butts and a lot of unnecessary making outs. All right, well, thanks for stopping by the studio. Anytime. Robot security? Is that a typewriter? I I don't know. <laughs> okay. It's a thing. Oh, and, and also, like, a male gaze thing is, like, when... Uh, 
He says, I like looking at you. And she's like, we make a good couple because I like, I like you, you looking, looking at, me. at me. Like it just establishes like that women are only to be like looked at by men. Like, yeah, well, she's also, an object. Well, what also his acting when looking at her, he does a whole like knuckle biting is like, oh, God. Oh, I'm like, so, Jesus oh. Christ. Oh. It's like Michael Bay watching Megan Fox watch his car. He's just fucking jerking off, just going, oh, I got her to do that, bro. Just dick out with a 40 ounce of beer in his hand, just like, Bleh. hey, bro, you want to watch this girl wash my car? Revenge, <laughs> Revenge of the Fallen Panties. I <laughs> <laughs> get it. That's what women wear under their clothing to have other clothing on. Yes, that are what that Thanks. is what panties are. Thank you. Anytime, man. I don't know. Michael oh, Bay was a surfer yeah. guy. The the we'll we'll have him on in a future episode. Oh, of course. Uh, so I also wrote down slut shaming and uh, okay. So when David is talking to uh, Michael, he's like. As a young man, you want want to be more discreet. You don't want people oh, to get yeah. the wrong idea about her. Like you should be thinking about the chastity and the virgin virginal image of your girlfriend. Yeah, you can't have the sex with her because I don't like it. I don't. I don't like what you're doing. <laughs> I don't like what you're attempting to be doing. Stop I'm it. like what. What fucking business is that of his? If she wants to have consensual sex with him, big deal. <laughs> No, you it can't be consensual. Not at all. You gotta take them from a local village that you've just recently conquered, and uh, just be like, "Hey, this is happening now," and she'll be like, "Yeah, fine." And then, uh, so That's genetic marriage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, club takeaway. Yeah, that's really not problematic at all. Nope, not at all. Ding. This message is brought to you by the South. This message is brought to you by the Ku Klux Klan because we're fucktards and yep. Hooray. Didn't you post like the KKK's website or something on? No. Didn't you do that on like your LinkedIn or no? It was when you started that uh, Yelp. Uh, no, I looked at it. We read it aloud at a bar. Oh, that's awesome. I went to a bar with not some in friends. Like, not in- not uh, not like in like uh, oh yeah go KKK but that's awesome like that's hilarious to look because I saw yeah, some of their we were t-shirts we yeah they have the the best part is all their merchandise is like five dollars or less so you know their uh, you know their market <laughs> the poorest of the poor you want like KKK a- keychain yeah give me a dollar and I'm gonna use it to pro- and oh God there's a lot of the Reading the KKK website is hilarious. It's a romp. It's pretty great. In an ironic sort of way. Of course. There's like the woman's perspective on it. Like they have like a show. It's it's absurd. And anyway. one of the other things I don't like about this movie is that like Susan, like Cella Ward's character, Susan, is portrayed like 
she is just completely blindedly ignorant by love. Like she comes off as like a yeah. total sucker and all this. She's like, I don't believe that about David. David, David, David. David wouldn't do that. David, David, David. Like he's the best. Like when her ever. friends actually would start to tell her that stuff, I think that in real life somebody would listen if all of your friends are like, he did all this suspicious stuff and you would, and she just, I don't know. I just, something about the portrayal of it just didn't sit well with me because I don't think anybody is that dumb, dumb about, especially someone who they don't have any photos of, don't know a lot about their past life aside from what they've told them. And they don't have identification and only paying cash. Like in the circumstances of this, it's, it's kind (laughs) of suspicious. No, it totally is. Well, my, the best part is she's just like, why don't you got, why aren't you guys just happy for me? I, Hmm. But like they can't just oh we're just blindly happy for you but yeah they're fucking watching out for your dumb fucking face dumb yeah, dumb that's, that's what friends and like family are for is like is this person okay yeah I think they are or no I think they're not and if I have a problem with it then I will say so because that's my job and I'll have a reason as long as you have a good reason then who gives a shit yeah yeah but I don't know. It just seemed like really sexist in the way that like it came off as like, oh, for the right perfect guy, women will just overlook and let the worst killers into their lives. It's because she gets to pick the cookies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's clearly the high point of their relationship. Of course it is. I mean, he's nice, but the cookie and- selection. One thing I don't understand the need for is to have Michael hear them having sex. Yeah, why was that a part of the movie? I don't know. Also, why was there was so much unnecessary like like uh Michael and what's her face, Kelly, like they're all like every 2 seconds they're just like, "Hey, we're totally going to make out right now, aren't we?" Yeah. Like there's not a reason to do it. And the one time where they go into Michael's room and they're totally going to have the fuck um have the fuck they're gonna totally have the fuck yeah they're they're like like there's not a reason for it except to be like the door creeps open and then michael's goes to shut it and then uh what's his face is there papa dad papa dad papa dad you know david david yeah david's there just going hello (laughs) and he's like were you watching us he's like no, I just got home. I'm going to take a shower. You think he'd be a better liar than he is? Yeah, whenever he gets caught doing something weird, his voice just is like, I'm going to go and do this. He's never like taken aback by anything. And I think that that's weird. If I was ever just like, hey, this door was open. Were you trying to watch it? Just I'd be like, uh, no, why the fuck would I do that? Instead of just being like, no. I'm going to go and take a shower like that increases your fucking creepiness level to a thousand times. And I think that's why he's such a, he's a fucking cartoon character of a person. Like, (laughs) (sighs) yeah, exactly. Especially when he starts to like the, the scene where he breaks and he's just like, I thought I could make it work, but apparently no, this just isn't the family for me. Like, Oh man, you could have been Mrs. Grady Edwards. And then she's just like, who? And he's like, wait, who am I here? I did kind of like that. That was the. I think that was my favorite line of the movie. 
You could have been Mrs. Grady Edwards. And she's like, who's that? I was like, wait a minute. Who am I here? Ah, murder. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Third act reveal. And one thing that I noted is that like the trailer says, like has that Mrs. Grady Edwards line. But if you saw the trailer and had that in mind and you saw that his name was David, you and they had structured it that way, they that would give away the fact that he's not who he says he is. I mean, <sighs> There's so many things that could have made this a decent movie. Like, uh, th- like the money was spent. It's up there. It's just not put together in a, yeah. in a way that's. Oh, and another scene that I kind of liked, but that's really dumb on uh, genetic dad. Uh, let's see. His name is bio Jay. dad. Yeah. Jay. Yeah. Yeah. He he's like, yeah, uh, you told Michael that you were there and I called the uh, swimmer in college oh, yeah. and I actually he went there. He kills people for like the smallest reasons. You know what my, oh, so Jay do, it, uh, does some checking up on him, some background checks and he's like, well, this would be the one that I would like, this would be the one that makes like other than like when he kills, I think he kills Julie. Like these are the two that I think are like, if you're about to get caught, that's who you would kill because he went to college at the same time at the place where uh, David says he went and yeah. the David, the David Harris is there. Don't match the description, but yeah. he's like walking into the kitchen. And if you're going to confront somebody about that, don't do it alone in a kitchen by yourself. Yeah. Well, also like, well, he doesn't know he's a murderist, but well, you know what? He's, you know what? Fucking. Okay. Uh, you know what he could have said? He could have been what? like, "Yeah, I, I, I lied to the kid to get him motivated to to go back into swimming." Done. Done. Yeah, and there, there's a bunch of ways where if people were just better liars in this movie or knew how to like play a situation to their advantage. Yeah. It would go better. I also really like the line where he's like following David into the kitchen and he's like, hey, you hear me? And then it like cuts away and it just goes, Bleep! and he's like, yup. And then the yes, over yes. the face with the crystal vase. He fucking, I swear, he doesn't make noises when he moves. David he Harris, ninja. Yeah, he, um. so apparently all bad guys in, uh, just like in prom night where they had uh, vent teleportation, this guy just doesn't make noise when he moves. Ever. Ever. This writer is obsessed with being able to escape into the ceiling of places. Or anywhere. Like, um, I, t- I still don't understand why he killed the old lady. Like, the old lady was the, mo- the least necessary murder in this movie because she's just like... He looks like a guy that killed people and everyone's like, oh, she's an old cat lady. Done. It doesn't matter. You're done. It doesn't matter. Yeah, because nobody like uh, Michael doesn't believe it. He's like, you know, that's kind of weird, but you know, whatever. Susan doesn't believe him. So like nobody of credibility believes him. I mean, believes her at all. So I don't. And also she already said it. If she said it to him and nobody else and he killed her before she told other people, that would make sense. Instead, oh also I love the antagonistic looks he gave her while while he yeah, drove he by. Yeah, he drives by and he's oh. just like, "Hmm, going to kill her later." Yeah, he stares at her and he's like, "Hello, Mrs. Goobity Bop, whatever her last name is." Mrs. Cutter. Yeah, "Hello, Mrs. Cutter." And then drives love- by all fucking suspicious, like <laughs> I love totally Rogers. not evil. <laughs> Do you remember the lot like his line delivery when he's being told like the police are across the street and Mrs. Cutter fell and broke her neck and he just says, Oh, that's sad. Yep. 
the most disingenuous, like, oh, that's sad, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Rain later. Well, he walked. He walks in, and he's and uh, the second line of the little girl who's like, "They're at police cars. What's going on?" And then the mom comes out, and he's just like, "Yeah, what's going on?" He's like, "Mrs. Grady fell down the stairs and broke her neck and broke her neck." And he's like, I don't, "I don't remember him saying anything about him breaking his neck, and I heard that conversation." He didn't though. The window was fucking closed. He was just staring out the window, being like, "He's talking to someone." But Aaron, he has super hearing powers. I mean, I guess people just have weird superpowers in these movies. And this movie also fluctuates between like low, low, low stakes and this some sense of somewhat sense of foreboding, and then like high, high, you should really care what's happening now stakes. Yeah. Like most of the movie, it's like he got a job. He's searching the internet. He has no job. I'm gonna get this job. Like and all of it's like a fake out. Like when he uh, kills Jay and puts him in the freezer and uh, Michael tries to call him, he can hear like the cell. Like, and why does he put the phone on silent? That guy I has know. been dead for the whole weekend. That's the first thing you do. You think he'd done this before because he apparently has. And another thing, none of the characters in this movie are smart because when um, David leaves to go uh, pick up the kids before Susan calls him and says, I'll pick them up, and he comes back, uh, Michael and Kelly are in their bedroom uh, looking through stuff, and David comes back. They should have pretended that they were using the bed to, I don't know, maybe try to have sex and and that would like explain why they were in there rather than like, oh, maybe they went through yeah, my well, stuff. I mean- <laughs> they had plenty of time to just leave that room and go to a different room. Yeah, but I mean, like, there's just such an easy way to just like, okay, let's leave through this door. Or but instead, go. we need some tension. Like, this, <sighs> are they up here? Nope. Pool. They snuck down and got in the pool. It was dumb. Fucking dumb. I love that uh, uh, Kelly brings over like this stack of papers and she just has a line that says college applications. Oh, yeah. The we, front one just says college applications. You don't need to justify while you're like why you're here in every scene through the entrance. I'm here to audit you. Yeah, <laughs> nobody. Yeah, nobody's. I wish in every fucking movie they just whenever someone entered a scene, they're just like, I'm here to establish the plot of Sartosis three, the planet we are landing on. Like, that'd be great. God, I'd love that. But I feel like like going back to what I think should have happened in that. uh, Like, and it would make sense because if they came back and he, they found like, he found them trying to have like sex in his bed, like as a cover that would also like play into his puritanical suspicion and divert him from David B. I mean, uh, from Michael being onto him. Yeah. And he'd be like, what are you doing? You have your own bed to have boners in. (laughs) Yeah. That's what he would say. I mean, I wish this is why I should just write all the movies. All the loudly expository dialogue. I should just do punch up and be like, can I just have them loudly exposit information at the characters? No, that's not punching up. That's just punching that. Yeah. Punching down. I'll punch down dialogue. I'll punch down a script. Let me speak to your supervisor. I am supervisor. You are not. (laughs) 
You are not performing well. I am supervisor bot. Oh, and another thing is that like this movie like advocates golden showers where she's like, I was so scared I almost pissed my pants. And he's like, oh, that's a turn on. <laughs> what? That was the cr- that was a crazy line. Like, yeah, I want you to piss on me now, girl. And also gender stuff. I wrote down a ton of lines from this movie, so bear with me. Like when uh David's just talking to Kelly and from like from Justin to Kelly if his name was Justin. Yes. He says, "It's called being a guy. That's why you women like us." Yeah, we're, what? We're like projects you take on. You we're like projects you take on, you know, Gee. like a bench you fix in the summertime. <laughs> because I'm a carpenter and everything needs to be fixed. Yeah. Did you have you ever built a birdhouse? Like we are like a birdhouse that you never finish. Doesn't that sound fun? And why does okay? So he goes to the trouble to delete the photo off of like uh, that was crazy. That made no sense. I don't understand. So he fucking he sna- sneakily snap uh, takes a picture of him on his sneakily phone. snapped. I like that alliteration. Yeah, he sneakily snapped a picture of him. Alliteration, folks. Um, of a, a picture of David, and he's like, "Yeah, I got it." Because there's. He takes the picture and then it cuts to a scene of him in bed, just staring at the picture being like, yeah, I got him good. Like that was fucking point. That was a pointless scene. But anyway, the next day he's like taking a shower and he hears uh, what's his, he, he hears him moving being like, what's going on out there? And then he deletes the photo for some reason like that. Why? That just makes you more suspicious. Yeah, and in this day and age, like, with, like, the surveillance of, like, smartphones and, like, Instagram and stuff, like, there's going to be pictures out there. And, like, the the America's Most Wanted thing doesn't really look anything like him. Not at all. Not in the least. Like, he looks completely different shaven. Like, I get his suspicion, but him doing that, like, wouldn't he know that, like, he would, that would be, like, the most suspicious thing that he could do. That is the most suspicious thing he could yeah. ever do. He's not like, well, I'm not sure. Well, deleted photo. All right. He's it. Why does he kill? What's her face? Oh, Julie. Oh yeah. Cause the email she, uh, she okay. emails, uh, what's her face. Yeah. I had the, a huge problem with this. If you're going to call the police on somebody, you don't write in an email. As soon as I get to McDonald's on fourth street, I'm going to call the police, call police and tell them. <laughs> I took time to write this email, but not to call the police. <laughs> Gee, I hope that nobody drowns me in up drowned. Well, she says, uh, she does, she says, I'm, I got a private investigator, not necessarily the police. Yeah, but that's basically what it is. I'm going to call as soon as I'm at the airport. And he's like, well, she's not at the airport. I'm go- better go drown her. Better go murder her. Hope she hadn't already done this thing. And this script also has the best foreshadowing. <laughs> he says, uh, when, uh, Michael says these, Oh, I'm just going to go hang out with Kelly and, you know, get the, the sex on. He's like, David says like, be careful. The news said there's a big storm headed this. Oh yeah. Foreshadowing. Oh, oh that was when he was. Yeah. Oh, he does the fucking, he's there again. When he gets out of the shower, David's just standing there, like looking at the shower. He doesn't even look like he was about to knock to make it look less weird. He's just standing there, arms at his sides, just going, hello, 
Where? I what are your no, 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 interaction? No. What he says is, "What are your plans this evening?" Like super aggressive. Like, "What are your plans this evening?" Uh, I'm I'm gonna go over to Kelly's. Uh, be careful. There's a storm out there. <laughs> like, oh my god, his acting is amazing in this. So he goes to Julie's. Uh, kills her in like a really unceremonious and non-suspenseful way, which also kind of can look like an accident. Well, like it was really dumb too. Like the um, the reason she gets killed this way is because he throws um like a be a pool side umbrella, like a a table umbrella into the pool, and she's like. I have to get that now. It's not like it won't get it. Like it might get more wet. Like so, she gets the hook out and can't quite get it, and then he pushes her face into the water and drowns her. Like she could have just been like, "I'll get it when I'm back from fucking vacation or whatever." Yeah, it. it I almost wish that it had been like, I, as soon as I'm done in the bathroom, I'm gonna. <laughs> Call get a private investigator. <laughs> I'm calling a private investigator. Don't be mad. That was in her <laughs> he's email. Like, he's like, she's still on the toilet. I've got time. Oh, you know what was really weird to me when they had the dads, uh, the bio dads, um, text messages. They read it in his voice to be like, yeah, it's from his phone. It's from his number. Yeah, that was yeah, weird. He, I do. And why? Yeah. Why did they have him voice over the text? Like, I get that it's going to be him, but like, why not just show us and let us read it? Because he wrote really long texts. That's, That's why. true. If it was just like, lol, JK, uh, heart you, then it just show it. Okay. But- so, and then, and then, uh, let's wrap this up. So Michael goes and. Uh, goes back to the house, breaks into the place because he he's sure that David won't be there. Breaks the window, breaks into the stuff, sees all the things that he's not who he says he is, and he starts digging through the freezer, and yeah. he finds like it, like it's not there on the surface. Like, does he think that he'll find, or is he like just looking for? I love corn dogs. Like, yeah, he's digging through the freezer, being like, there might be a dead body there because he finds Jay's bag in one of the lockers. Yeah. Oh, and we know that uh, David means business because as soon as the storm happens, he has his ominous shaving kit out. Yes. Like the same thing, but he doesn't have any facial hair. So like, why does he have his shaving stuff out? Oh, the least just because he's ready to run. The least suspenseful part of this movie was when uh, Kelly, her phone said battery low and she's like, oh, God. Oh no! She and then she manages out. to pl- <laughs> she plugs it in within three minutes, and he's like, "Well, still hasn't noticed you yet." Yeah. Well, as soon as she plugs it in, he calls him because the light turns on in the living room or whatever. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh shit! You better get out of there!" But then uh, he doesn't answer. But he notices it ringing, so you think he'd be like, "Oh shit! That must have been Kelly." I'm gonna run. Yes. I don't understand. And then like he, uh, David knocks out Kelly and then, uh, Michael starts banging on the door because it's locked. Oh my, uh, that was, (laughs) I think that was, uh, a great delivery when, uh, 
Kelly's Kelly! like Kelly. And and no, when he hits uh when he he hits her, he's just like, What are you doing, Kelly? <laughs> yep. <laughs> it might as well have just made like a cartoon. Boing! Like, Boom. <laughs> down now <down>, now. <laughs> oh. Now we just have to go through the gamut now and just do <laughs> All of our, all of our every bits. You mean uh, whatever happened to predictability? The Just around the bend. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. So Susan comes home, um, finds David all sweaty, and uh, um, Michael in the basement. And he's like, I thought I could make this work. Like the scene that we talked about earlier. Yeah. Where he's going fucking ridiculous nuts. He he gave her a sleeping pill and all of the noise wakes her up. Half of a sleeping pill. Yeah. And I thought that was going to be like, I'm planning on killing you now. Here's some poison. (sighs) But it wasn't. I hoped it was poison. Okay. So she like he she approaches him run she runs into a bathroom and takes a razor blade and stabs him in the neck but not in an artery so like he falls in clearly yeah. not dead and then shows up again later when they're in the ceiling that was being renovated yeah in which, the attic you know you know this is the writing directing genius of like there must be a way up <laughs> that you can escape through yeah there's got to be you couldn't go, possibly go down the stairs you got to go up that way, if you fall, he can fall, and it'll hurt more. And so him and uh, Michael, like, he trips on, like, a dilapidated, like, rotted asbestos board, and they both fall through it. Uh, well, the, the, prob- the problem with these scenes is there's so many times when Michael could have just fucking brained him with the crowbar. He could have. Like, like 20 times he could have just been like, plonk, dead, K. Would have been so easy. And, you know, when... uh. Like uh, when Michael manages to get the upper hand and uh, David falls to the ground, you just hear, oh, I wish that they had done the Wilhelm scream. Ah! Just, oh. <laughs> of course. Then, because then Michael, Michael falls there and like it just fades to black because obviously... And then he wakes up in the hospital and it's he's like, they were like, oh, you were in a coma for a month. He's That's gone. Not- that's not how comas work. But anyway, th- I, you know what? The part where Kelly picks up the fucking saw, I yes. so wanted that to fall on them when they fell through the... Because she's like, get back. I've got a, I've got a saw. Like, just revving it for fun, I guess, and threateningly. And then uh, they fall... Uh, her and the mom fall through the floor with the saw on. And I was so excited. I thought they were going to just get... Like right in the skull, or just like Dawn like of the Dead, dead. Style. yeah, just super dead because that's what would actually happen. But no, they didn't. They didn't get sawed in half. <sighs> you know, I wanted them to. <sighs> uh, so w- the final scene is we see David weirdly working at a department store. Yeah, or like, like a, a cha- hardware or something. 
Well, it's like a chain department store, which you need to provide identification at before you even like, yeah, for tax stuff. And he says that his name is Chris Ames. So he's either gotten a new identity and his hair looks fucking terrible. Like it's like a, of course, an eighties, like, I don't know. Used car salesman look is what I'd call it. (laughs) Belongs in a leisure shoot. Yeah, just like, hey, I'm my name's Larry, and I want. Do you want to buy a? Yeah, do you want to buy an RV from me? Do I? I don't know. Do you? Sure do, buddy. All right, let's let's do that. Getting the getting the dong mobile. Getting the dong office. The do the office. The office. Yeah. And this is an episode of Talking About Dongs. Hello and welcome to Talking About Dongs, your daily dong cast. We're talking so, about dongs today. So for this episode, we were watching The Stepfather. Have you seen it? Uh, no, no, I haven't. Because I, 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 re- I was going to, but then I read a synopsis and I go to this great website called Does It Got Dong? Dot Dong. And it said, there aren't dongs. So I didn't watch the movie. But the tagline says, this fall, daddy's home. Yeah, and that's why I thought it was going to be like a porno with dongs everywhere. It wasn't. So I didn't watch it. You do know that it was PG-13, so why would you think that it was a dong-tastic I don't know, anything that says daddy's home is usually like, yeah, he's going to put his penis places. There's a movie called Daddy's Home coming out this holiday season with Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. That's a comedy. Do you think that that's going to be full of dongs? I mean, it probably will be. Okay. I'm excited to meet, to see Mocky Mock's dong. In fact, we've got him in the room. Oh, why? Hello. Let me guess. His dong's a transformer. No, my dong's not a transformer, but Will Ferrell's is. Uh, have you seen his dong? No. It's a transformer. Did you find it? I did. I was I was rustling around in there and I'm like, what's this? Wait, wait, wait. You were ruffling around in his pants? Oh, uh, you know, yeah. On on set, just I was just hanging it. out and I was like, oh, what's this in here? I gotta find a transformer. I haven't checked down here yet. And then I got I grabbed hold and it was like tree quack quack quack, you know, that transformer noise, and I'm like, oh no. It's a penis transformer. And then Will Ferrell's like, don't worry. It's fine. I'm Will Ferrell. Oh, is that, is that Will Ferrell in the studio now? Yeah. Hello. Hey, Will Ferrell. How's it going? Welcome to the catastrophe section. I'm a comedian. Yes, we know. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about your new movie? It's about Christmas. Okay. Um, What's specifically about Christmas? That you buy your kids a bunch of shit. Are you talking about Jingle All the Way or Christmas with the Cranks? You know. No, yeah. I, I, I don't know oh, specifically. Well, let me inform um, you. Oh, all right. Please do. Okay. <laughs> this was a very informative conversation, Will Ferrell. I... You're you're one of the most uh the most talkative people I've ever met. You're you're welcome. <laughs> anyway, uh let's close it out with uh dong mail. 
Hello and welcome to Dong Mail. You're on live. What are your questions about dongs and or related to dongs? Yeah, I'm a male and I've got a dong. Does that mean that I can't get dong mail? LOL. You're on dong mail. You don't get dong mail. Can you explain Duh. that a little bit more? Well, you see, when you've got a dong, you can ask questions about it and send it to us via the dong mail. Wait, so only people with dongs can ask questions about dongs? Yeah, duh. This is the talking about dongs. Oh, that's right. Sorry, I do a lot of radio. Yeah, it's only uh, it's only dongs. Only people with dongs, only questions about dongs, only talking about dongs. 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 Dongs for dollars. Dolls for Danya. Dongs for Danya, bitches. Anyway, we now, uh, uh, talking about dongs as a co-production of National Public Radio. (laughs) That was recorded from afar in Turkey. Gobble gobble. At the annual at the <laughs> gobble go. At the at the and we've also got an announcement that Turkey will also be host, hosting the 35th annual Poetry Olympics. And to talk about the Poetry Olympics, that means that it's time for and we're talking about the poetry olympics we're gonna have the poetathlon and events such as uh poetic slalom in which you use words as slaloming would pertain to with words can it be prose uh it depends you'd have to ask the judges are you not one of the judges? I mean, I am, just not for that one. All the others, I'm a judge. That one, no. For prose? Yes. But if it's prose, then it's not a poetry Olympics. It's a prose Olympics. But then it's not a con Olympic. Get it? Anyway, pros and cons. <laughs> Joke. Yes, did you make any prose grass on your, uh, uh, on telling us about the Poetry Olympics? Well, you see, the Poetry Olympics, let me give you a bit of a history lesson. The Poetry Olympics started in ancient China, where a bunch of Chinese said, hey, let's have a thing, and called the Poetry Olympics. And so they did. Wait, did they say it in English? (laughs) Of course. Even though they're in China? You can't do poetry in other languages, duh. Oh, all right. I didn't know you were stupid. Sorry, this uh, I've been on vacation for a while. I just got back. Oh, okay. Well, uh, and then that leads us to today. The Chinese said, this is a thing, and now it's today. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> it was the next day? They did no planning. They work very fast. <laughs> okay. Anyway, tell us a little bit more about this year's <laughs> Olympics poetry. Well, Olympics. since it's in Turkey, you see a bunch of... It's going to be a lot of lobbies are going to get out there and be. 
Sorry, I think the boom mic, the boom operator got out of focus. Can you say that again? You gotta do the B. We'll fix that in post. And then we go down to the to the the poetic Olympic Square, which is a, a thousand coffee shops tied together. Wait, tied together with what? String and rope. <laughs> Why not just build one big coffee shop? It's uh, because we needed to relocate all of them from Turkey to <laughs> the it, one square. Does it? Aren't the Turkish mad about you taking all their coffee places and putting them in one place? But of course they are. And doesn't that mean that all these coffee places are now competing with one another and only one will actually win? Of course. It's like a maze of coffee shops. A maze? Yes, we just tie them together willy-nilly. See if you can find your way through. Wait, but shouldn't the Olympics be, the Poetry Olympics be navigatable to people who pay to and fly out all the way to, from around the world to go there? Of course not. This is a this is an avant-garde affair. By avant-garde, do you mean pretentious and inaccessible? Physically? Of course. Is that not what it means? No. <laughs> <laughs> of course it does. Is that what you think it means? That's what it means to me. <laughs> okay. Well, since you're the poetry expert, I'll let you have the I final I know word on things. That. So who are going to be some of the special guests at this po this year's Poetry Olympics? John Hamm is our master of ceremonies. That'll be and, uh, good. Will he be writing or reading any poetry? You never know with him. Usually he does, so you might get a treat. Okay, well, that's not very... That's pretty vague. Yes. Stephen Hastings is going to be... He's competing for number one longest poem of all time with his 6,000-page, very small font poem about lunch. About one lunch or the concept of lunch? I haven't gotten all the way through yet. I don't know. How far are you through it? It's 3,000. Pages or words? Pages. I'm halfway. Did you just hit halfway and just give up? No, I'm, I'm continuing reading it. It's oh, very well, long. Okay, well, let us, you'll have to let us know on the next time what you think about it before the Poetry Olympics. Of course. We also have Johnny Depp is going to be there somewhere. If you can find him, then uh, good, good for you. Keep your eyes on uh, some Starbucks or other assorted chains to see if he's working and serving your Frappuccino to you. I believe he'll be in the beans and better than yous. Is that the name of the coffee shop that you own? Of course. <laughs> there are six of them in the uh, the Olympic grounds <coughs> tied together in a random fashion, so uh, go ahead and try and find them. 
So there's no structure or schedule to the events of the no. Poetry Olympics? No. Doesn't that make attendance low? Well, once you come in, you can't really find the exit, so you never leave. Even though it's probably out the way you came? I mean, you have to go to an event. Have to? Like the doors lock behind you? Yeah, of course. Oh, well, that's comforting. There's only one exit, and it's not the same as the entrance. Well, that's all we have time for about the Poetry Olympics. Would you like to uh, read an excerpted poem from your new book? But of course, this week I released a new book, and it's entitled, Once More, I Read a Poem About My Things and Other Stories. Which which is a continuation of this month's earlier book. Orange, fuck you, I don't have to rhyme anything. Orange, fuck you, I don't have to rhyme anything with orange and other stories. And did you actually narrate the... Do you narrate your own audiobooks? Of course. Yes, of course. Anyway, let's hear one of the uh, titular poem book... uh, uh, Poems from your book. Why don't you suggest me one? Uh, I really like ducks. What are they about? Ah, the best one. That is my favorite, of course. That's why there's six little stars next to it. Ducks. Ducks. Ducks, why do you quack? Why do you moan in the night? Why do you wail for bread? Why do you fish for bread? Quack, quack. Around the pond. I have not seen your like in 20 years. Where have you gone? Thank you. You you haven't seen a duck in 20 years? Nope. Why? They're, they're around. I, I haven't seen them. Well, I mean, you can turn on like National Geographic or Animal Planet and they're there. I don't have those. I don't have a TV. Well, what do you have? Pretentious and inaccessible things. Like poetry books? Yes. Oh, all right. Well, um, you can join us next week for the and the new book uh, written by the host of Poetry Corner is On Avant Garde. Get it? Because On Guard, Avant Garde, explain, explain, explain. And other and other anecdotes available in stores next week. Yes, it'll be good. It is good. Join us next week. Don Cheadle will be reading a poem with his feet about his hands. Thank you. Poetry Corner is a co-production of National Public Radio. Where have the ducks gone? (laughs) I don't see them. We now return to the catastrophe section. Okay, well, let's render our verdicts on the stepfather. Aaron, does the stepfather belong in the spooky, spectacular section? I don't know. I'm very torn about this movie. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say yes, just based on Dylan Walsh's performance, because he's a cartoon man. I think he really just committed and went all the way. Even if there's just like a montage of like the wackiest scenes like on YouTube. Yeah, people just like like watch the uh, him going berserk scene in the kitchen. Like you got it, my message, Grady. Yes, like this is just a real a really good sizzle reel for his acting 
ability. He's like, I can do horror and wacky. Here you go. Yeah, he's absurd in this movie, and I enjoy it. I know, like, I figure that he's just doing what was asked of him by the director. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Because I know that he can act like a nip tuck. He's really good. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, On second thought, just don't watch it. But he's enjoyable. Find small clips instead. Yeah. Like, go on YouTube and look to see if there's a sizzle reel. I think... Yeah, I I didn't... I'm torn, too. I didn't like it enough to... Recommend it, was, it. It was a better movie than Prom Night, but it wasn't as enjoyable. Prom Night was way more crazy out there, fucking bullshit. Yeah, and because the stakes it's were nowhere a lot higher near. Prom Night, the stakes in Prom Night felt a lot higher. This had too much, too many lulls and like, yeah, family, family's really important, guys. Did you know that family is super important? Father. Oh yeah, step. Father and son, not father. Ah. Anyway, uh, let's move on to counterpoints. So, Aaron, what is the tomatometer of the critic consensus on Rotten Tomatoes? I don't know, 28, 30-ish, something like that. Lower. 15. Lower. Really? Uh, Three. Eight. 11. 11. All right. Seven fresh, uh, 54 rotten. The consensus reads the tepid remake of the 1987 cult classic lacks the tension and satirical undercurrents of the original. All right. Oh, I, oh, I wanted to mention one other thing, uh, in, uh, Dylan Walsh goes crazy. Like, uh, the goes wacky scene. Like where he's like, you could have been Mrs. Grady Edwards. Yeah. Uh, he's talks about, uh, how the other son, the younger son of the video game playing, He's like, a boy needs to be broken. Yes, that was weird. Almost like he was like super abused or like disciplined as a child. And I wish that they had either like gone into that more or not brought it up at all. Yeah, because it's just kind of a throwaway line. And you're like, wait, what about that? What's yeah, that like about? That, like his motivations would have been, are like much more interesting because the movie is fixated on making him the main character rather than Michael. Even though Michael is the main character in this movie. Yeah. Unfortunately, Blandy McBlanderton. Yeah. And uh, the audience score is uh, 34% liked it based on an average rating of 2.6 out of 5, based on 982,797 reviews. Jesus. That's a I lot. Know. People really go out to see horror movies no matter how bad they are. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, let's see. So I'm looking through the positive ones here. Uh, oh, Nick Pinkerton, uh, top critic of LA Weekly, wrote, The stepfather is finally only as good as its stepfather, and Dylan Walsh ain't bad. I can agree with that. I guess, yeah. Well, just because it's just like, yeah, that guy was pretty good. The rest of it, not some... Uh... Ooh, I really like this one. Steve Newton of uh, Georgia Strait wrote... What a shame that the remake fell into the unwieldy hands of the same jokers responsible for last year's execrable prom night redo. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Ooh, Kevin Thomas of the LA times wrote the stepfather is that rarity, an effective remake of a screen classic that can stand alone on its own considerable merits. Can it can though? It? No, uh, no, 
And those are really the only like two really notable ones. Uh, Aaron, this movie cost a certain amount to make. How much did it cost to make? I'm guessing 40, 40 mil. Lower. 20. Yep, 18. 20. All right. Uh, how much did it make? Uh, probably 30. Yep, 31.1 million on opening weekend. It made il- okay. It grossed 29.1 million in North America and 2.1 million in other territories. Uh, oh, it's 31.2 million, uh, and it grossed 11.6 million in 2000 in roughly 2,700 theaters in 2009. Uh, let's see if there's any other credit. Oh, and just a bit of IMDb trivia and some nominations to go over. It is a 5.6 on IMDb. Oh, so Terry O'Quinn, who is a lock from, not lock, stock, and two smoking barrels <laughs> from Lost, uh, played the original stepfather in Stepfathers 1, 2, and 3. There were three asked, of the originals? Jesus. Yep. He was asked to do a cameo in the film by a director, and but refused. And uh, a scene from the trailer in which a buzzsaw swings back and forth mere inches from a character's face was cut for pacing reasons but it had already been used in uh, multiple advertisings before it was trimmed from the final released. Huh. And when this was released on DVD, there was an unrated cut that is only one minute longer than the actual theatrical cut. Oh, and uh, Dylan Walsh and Jessica Jesselyn Gilsig, who plays Julie in the film and director Nelson McCormick all worked on the, on the FX show nip tuck, which is where I saw him. And Gilsig was also in a uh, prom night. Who was who? Uh, the, a- the actor who plays Julie. Really? Yeah. I'm going to pull up her, uh, let's see huh. her, her IMDb page really quickly. Watch it be the mom. Oh, Aaron, this movie was nominated for the prestigious teen choice awards for um, what? Choice movie of horror thriller and choice movie oh, actor for Penn Bagged Badge, Badgley of who played Michael in, of, in horror. Thriller. He was terrible. He was really bad. He didn't do anything. He's just, I don't like stepdad. I don't like real dad. I'm going to fuck in the pool. Bye. Like that was his character. I don't want I don't want a college. I don't want to do things. He looks like maybe a murder man. I'm going to go to bed. Like, that's his character. It's fucking awful. Oh, she plays uh, Aunt Karen. So she's like, I think she's the one that the uh, main protagonist in Prom Night lives with after her family's murdered. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So she has, she's like, gets the worrying part in all of Nelson McCormick's movies. Of course. So uh, let's move into the final uh, section of the catastrophe section. What's on our radar this week? Aaron, what's on your radar this week? Crimson fucking peak was awesome. That it was. It was. I mean, I expected it to be better, but. I don't know. The pacing just kind of it never ramped up enough for me. Like I felt like it let it like it. This is the suspense never like caught up with it. I can agree with that. It kind of just didn't. It fell a little flat on that point, but it was still salvaged just by look being gorgeous. I don't, I don't I, It was still really good. Uh, still go see it because that movie's not doing well at the box office. Yeah, I don't know why. It's fucking awesome. It's Guillermo del goddamn Toro. 
It's because the yeah. um the trailer sucks. Yeah, because they they don't they didn't market that movie well at all. No, the trailer is not good. The performances and like the look of the movie. Fuck yes, oh. dude. The fucking ghosts look fucking great. Like holy shit. Oh, it looks fantastic. Like it. I I don't know how the the just the, the trailer doesn't fit at all to the movie and it doesn't look it's just like it's a movie and there are ghosts in it and it's halloween go see it like that's the trailer the trailer should have been like i don't know you could have set something up with it i don't know you just you could have just done so much better with it it it's such a studio trailer Ugh. um i think i saw something else but i don't remember no us uh, well on my radar this week i watched Mip- mississippi grind uh have you heard about this one aaron no it's a movie with ben mendelson the uh you'd recognize him ben mendelson and ryan reynolds as Bendelson? two what bendelson yeah bendelson yeah mendelson yeah bendelson <laughs> bendelson uh they bendelson's like- basket anyway he plays uh like a down on his luck deadbeat gambler and ryan reynolds is like this free-spirited guy who uh ben mendelson thinks is like his good luck charm and they and they both agree to go to this high stakes poker game in uh in oh in new orleans so it's about how they go from iowa to there basically go traipsing through the midwest trying to scrape together cash and like redeem themselves because they're not like very good people, but it's like a really enjoyable movie. If you really, if you like the film rounders, it's kind of a good spiritual successor to that. And it's from the same, uh, writing and directing team who did uh half Nelson, the Ryan Gosling drug movie that he was nominated for an Academy award for. I never saw that one either. And uh, I think that's pretty much all that I have that in crimson peak. And I already talked about Steve jobs. So, uh, Let's close it out for this week. Uh, Aaron, what are we reviewing next time on the catastrophe section? Because it's November. It is November. So this, uh, we're doing a whole month. We've got a month special next month. We're going to be doing Paul Blart, Mall Cop 1 and 2. So November will be known as Who Blarted? It's going to be Who Blarted? I don't know. We're we're going to put on our detective hats and find out who blarted, folks. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, we're going to watch both of them. Hopefully we'll have some guests. Hopefully it'll be good. I mean, it will be because it's us and it's the fucking Paul Blart bullshit. He's fat. So jokes, you know, it's going to be good. Um, <laughs> we're going to be doing that. So next time is going to be Paul, Paul, Paul Blart Mall Cop 1. They might be the last episodes that we do because like once we might have to kill Paul- ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> like right at the end, we'll discover that we're the ones who in fact have blarded. We'll note the irony and then kill ourselves. Yeah. We may just have to die. We're just like, wait, why do we have to? And then we're like, Aaron, we watched, we had a month called who blarded and we watched both of them on purpose. Not because we were tortured or because we were forced to, but because we voluntarily paid to watch them. Yeah. Anyway, that's going to do it for this spectacular episode of the Catastrophe. Oh, this was a horror movie. 
rat loud, intrusive rock and roll from K Rock overplaying the suspense of this episode of the catastrophe section. Better watch out for the vampires coming. Better watch out, there's a Dracula behind you. And behind, I mean behind, there's a fucking Dracula coming for your face. Watch your neck, there's a Dracula coming. Watch your neck, there's a Dracula coming. He's got Dracula fangs and he's a Dracula. He's a Dracula, 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 Dracula. Who is he? He's a Dracula. Who's he is? Who's a Dracula? He's a Dracula. Dracula, Dracula. He's got teeth. Cause he's a Dracula. Father, watch it. He's got a cape. He's a Dracula man. Now, Deborah, don't end the episode without Deborah. me. Everybody's oh, no, I'm Ray Romano. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm Ray Romano. No, I'm Ray Romano. You still ah, have... fight to the death. Everybody's supposed to love me. Yeah, no, everyone's supposed to love me. You're a doppelganger, Deborah. Everybody hate. Everybody hates Chris. And everybody, everybody loves, loves me. me. Ah, ah Deborah. Find out who wins on the next episode of the Catastrophe Section. Find out who wins on the next... <laughs> which one's which? Find out on the next... Who the fuck is Ray Romano?